Right. Uh, well, um, we're not live on House of Scouse, Scouse Cast, but this is Scouse Cast. I'm Yank McKenna. And that dude down there on mine is the amazing <laughs> Carl Ruddy. Carl, finally we're getting to do this. Good to see you. Good evening, friend. mate. How are you doing? I'm all right now that I've got some modern technology working. <laughs> um, oh, mate, tell me about it. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, I'm getting too old for all this. Um, this would be <laughs> easy, easy just to do it on a dictaphone and hit record, but you're too young. <laughs> um, right. First of all, before we start and get through the interview, um, when this goes on Facebook and all social media and Spotify and all of the good podcast places, um, I want to dedicate this show and start the new series to Nanny Porter, who was 80 this week. So, Sconner, who is the CEO and Chief Operating Officer of House of Scouse, his nan was 80 years old on Monday. So, this show tonight. Oh, boss. Nanny Happy Joan. birthday. Um, so, as the Irish custom goes, Nanny Joan, may you live as long as you want, but never once as long as you live. <laughs> I love so, it. So, we've got love the it. nice bit out the way. Now, the important bit. Elliston Place, the album is finally out. And after a COVID delayed launch we did have the launch night at jimmy's everything went brilliant i fell off the stage after introducing you <laughs> um the launch night was amazing it was a really good night and then this all happened and it, everything got put on hold and first question i want to ask you then is what made you finally pull the trigger now was enough enough you, had you had enough time waiting well, to be honest, mate, what happened was um, I did a fan launch last year. So last October, mm. um, I had CDs and all that ready to go, do you know what I mean? So yeah, you did. The album, so I recorded the album three years ago in Nashville. Well, no, I wrote the album three years ago in Nashville, mm -hmm. sorry. Uh, came back from Nashville. I sort of lived with the songs for a little bit, so I came back from that writing trip. Mm. And then I played a lot of shows, you know, between... Yeah, um, but you, you kept really back. busy... I was productive, yeah. I, I, I was busy on the live side of things. Because mm. I wanted to see people's reactions to the songs, really, do you know what I mean? Because the only audience yeah, is who'd heard those songs were um, uh, in the US. You're, well, you know the reactions. You've, you've, you've read the reviews. You've heard the reviews. You've done the radio tours. Uh, as a songwriting experience, I'm musically, I'm rubbish. I'm brilliant in the shower. I can sing in the shower. <laughs> but... Nashville, a friend of mine, Gemma, loves Nashville. She said all her life she wants to move out there. You've been out there, buddy. What was that experience like for you as a songwriter and the style of music? If you saw the Facebook through before by me, I was saying when you first started playing down the pier head and the voice that came out of you wasn't what we were expecting. We weren't expecting a country-style singer with a Scouse accent. So where did that music style come from and how did that lead you to Nashville? So, well, to be honest, mate, I'd say um, I've always grown up with music. You know what I mean, I've always been a lover of music. Mm. Um, my grandparents, my, my nan and granddad, um, they they were my age in the 50s, do you know what I mean? So mm. they, they they were around when, when the likes of Johnny Cash and Elvis were first yeah, in the charts and all that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. So as I was growing up... Um, I was listening to those sort of influences, you know, Johnny Cash, um, Elvis, the Everly Brothers, and people like that. Yeah. But also my, my nan and granddad were Irish as well, okay. so I grew up with a lot of uh, Irish influences on on, uh, 
definitely on that part as well. So that that was lovely as well. So so I remember I remember staying at there. You know, I, I after school like, every weekend I'd be there every weekend and yeah, yeah we'd, have, we'd have Sunday race at my nans every weekend and all that. So the radio would always be on and we we'd, we'd always have like all all the old country stuff and rock and roll and rockabilly yeah. sort of stuff. So I think as I grew up, that sort of led into my creative process really made it me. Mm-hmm. So it's my granddad who, who uh, bought me my first guitar. So when, when I was fifteen, yeah, um, he he was sadly diagnosed with cancer, and he knew he didn't have long left. So um, he bought me my first guitar, and he said, "Like you're gonna do great things with this." I, I can see the enthusiasm, I can see, see the love you have for music. So he got me, he got me yeah, my first guitar. That then I've just got goosebumps with you saying that then, because oh, mate, honest, honestly, mate, like. He's he's not he's you know he's looking down obviously and he, he's not wrong. He's, he's always here, wrong. mate. I mean, he's always yeah. here. I'm a man as well. Like you know, they're both looking down at me and and well, they weren't wrong about me. You. Yeah. yeah, they were not wrong they, about they, they you, mate. Me. Oh, cheers, mate. I appreciate that. Yeah, they've they've, they've really um, they were great great influences. You know, uh, both mm-hmm. in my personal life and also you know with music yeah, as well. Um, so that's that's where so a lot of my music taste and my music sort of style comes from uh, what they taught me really, you know, that I'd yeah. um, grown up as a kid. But also cool. my, my mum and dad as well. My mum and dad's record collection, like, uh, I, I listen to a lot of T-Rex and David Bowie and people like that. So there's a, there's a big mix, do you know what I mean? I, I, I yeah. just love music, mate. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've noticed as well, I mean, when you do your publicity shots and you, you're a suede dude. You like it, you like yourself a suede jacket, don't you? <laughs> oh, mate, always love it, love it. Suede, a bit of a uh, bit of velvet, yeah, love definitely. It. Definitely. Um, so it's all linked, isn't it? I mean, the, the style, the image, um, the music. Did for, for I know there's a lot of people I've spoken to previously, it they kind of had to work in it for you. It almost seems to have come really naturally. That, you know the look, the image, the way you are on stage, the stage presence as well, the style of music, the play, the way you sing. Um, you do have the crowd there, you know, really they're, they're in the yeah. palm of the hand. Um, do you feel that's a na- that was a natural thing, or was that something you had to work hard to get? I'd say, mate, honestly, like it was the real process to get to that, that point, really, because. I I am naturally quite an anxious person at times. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I overthink about things. Do you know what I mean? And things like yeah, that. But um, I'd say yeah. It. I mean, I've been doing this since I was sixteen. I'm twenty six next week. Yeah. So it's been a long sort of ten years of. of uh, well, I start, I only started playing music when I was fifteen. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like I stepped on stage for the first time, um, a year after I wrote my first songs. So it got to the point where when I was sixteen, like my, my granddad. I passed away when I was when I was fifteen. Yeah. He bought me my first guitar. He passed away a few months later. Yeah. And then I stepped on stage when I was sixteen, and I just got a buzz for it. I just I just got a real like love for it. But I remember doing on stage when I was like seventeen, eighteen, and, and I was wearing all sorts of like really really awful outfits. Do you know what I mean? Like just I thought it was really cool. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was the man. And uh, and I was wearing all sorts. Of, I remember wearing this waistcoat once, and it was just like it was bright blue. I played the Zanzibar for the first time when I was like 19, 20. Yeah, and um, it's not that long ago, really. But like, I remember doing on stage thinking, "Oh, I look really good in this." But looking at the faces, but I'm like, "Oh no." But um, no, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been a great journey of the last few years. I mean, yeah. I feel really grateful for all the support of that because 
I even think back to the, to, to the shows we put on, you know, four years ago when I was playing down the pier head with you guys. Yeah. And I think I looked at myself then and, and, and I remember meeting you for the first time and, and, uh, yeah. and John and everyone. And I remember thinking, like, what a great bunch of people, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, Appreciate it just take me, take me for who I am. And, um, well, and they yeah. enjoy what I do. It's great, you know. Yeah, I mean, as you said, you, when, when, when you turned up and then, you know, you introduce yourself, you, your folks are with you as well. And it, obviously they're very supportive. You know, we've got to chat to them down the, you know, down the years and the shows. They're yeah, all yeah, very yeah. supportive. Uh, fantastic family atmosphere vibe you guys, you know, put off, which all, you know, also, you know, connects to the vibe we want to have. Um, so, and as I said, and then there was that first night and it was, it was going, I, I remember rightly, it was going dark. It was just starting to go dark. And you came Sunset, on. Sunset, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was open. It was open plan. Uh, we didn't have the helicopter or anything, did we? It was <laughs> the hay bales outside. <laughs> and then you started singing and people were stopping walking. Because it, we, it was passing traffic, wasn't it? With, the, you know, people were just walking around. They weren't making a point. Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. And you started singing and people were stopping. And we, John and I, Scott and I, we looked at each other and we've got this little look and it's like, yeah, we've got something here. And that's why we kept asking you back and begging, you know, coming back and you kept coming back and week on week, year on year. And as I was saying the week before, Mark Zuckerberg decided I was being a dope. Um, the music you were playing, it's foot tapping, it's foot stomping. Even back then, when we started this, as I said, I'm going to keep going. Actually, you had the crowd there in that palm of your hand. You had us clapping, you had us stomping, you had us singing along to, to Maria, and none of us knew the words. None <laughs> of us knew. We, we'd never heard it before. You must have played it yourself a hundred times, wherever, and you're literally there going, it's simple. All you've got to do is do this. And we all did. So I, I don't think that's taught. It's, it's, got, it's natural. So your style... I've got to, I've got to take you over to Nashville now. It takes you to Nashville. How does that conversation come about? And then how does that lead to get on a plane? So basically, what happened mate, was um, I w- I played for um, a band called the Falling Doves in August 2016. Mm-hmm. Now it's an interesting one because that they are a band from California which musically is like a million miles away from, from uh, you know, the sort of stuff that's going on in Nashville with all the country sort of stuff. Yeah, of course. Well, they, they came over to Liverpool as part of the tour and they found me on Facebook and said, uh, hey man, you know, like we'd really appreciate it if you uh, uh, did an acoustic opening set for us. So we did that. That was around the time of their uh, House of Scouts did actually, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Summer. Um, So what happened was I, um, I opened for them and the front man, uh, Chris Lever, he, he got in touch and said, um, we'd, love, we'd love for you to uh, come over and support us on tour. You know, we're going to do a tour in, in March of uh, yeah. 2017. And um, we obviously love what you do. We love your connections to Liverpool and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, we'd love you to come over. Um, so I set up a, a day for my page um, to go over to, to, to yeah. this Californian tour. And then I wasn't well. I literally had like Granada reporters involved. You guys were involved, like so many great like media outlets are involved. Yeah. And then I got sick because I got a weird immune system and it just like completely messed up on me. 
Yeah. So that all happened. And I was just, I literally, I hit rock bottom. I was, I was so depressed. I was like, yeah. I felt like my dream was like slipping away from me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And it was awful. I literally, like, I, I was in hospital and the doctor said to me, literally, you cannot get on the plane right now the way you are. You need to rest up out? and get better. Sorry to interrupt. Were you, was it burnout, do you think, or were you just... I think it was a combination of, I, I, I've been gigging, like, 2016, I did about, like, 200 shows, do you know what I mean? And it was all within, like, you know, literally, I, I hardly had, like, five days between the gig, really. It was, like, yeah, do, do you know what, I think, thinking back on it now, I remember you, yeah, I remember your Facebook being really gig-heavy around that time. It was, mate, it was, it was quite intense at that point in time, do you know what I mean? So, that all happened, and I was like, do you know what, this, this is, like... I felt in a way, I felt like, like the opportunity had gone. I was like, I feel really bad because obviously people had been really kind with their donations yeah, and all that. And I felt like I let them down, which causes, and I felt like I let my family down, my friends mm-hmm. and all that. And all these negative forces kept creeping into me. Yeah. I don't know what I mean. Yeah. And then um, I went to a, a networking event in, in London in April of 2017, and they mm-hmm. wanted to get better and all that. And I met a guy called Alan McKendry Palmer. Now, Alan is... Um, He's the CEO of a, a songwriting and a publishing company in Nashville. Okay. So we got chatting and stuff at these events. And it was great, you know, it was at yeah. Notting Hill in, in London. It was great, you know, I was talking to him and all that. Mm-hmm. So I passed him a card and a CD and he said, um, it'd be great to come out to Nashville, you know, to Wadjury kind of thing. And he said, we'll, we'll keep in touch. I'll, I'll have a listen and I'll, I'll let you know. So a few weeks went by and he got in touch and he said, um, I'm really interested in working with you. I really like your style. Yeah. There's a real country influence here and I want to see how we can broaden that further. That's brilliant. So in the end, even even so even though I couldn't go on the on, on the Californian tour, mm. I had, had a better better option in the way because I ended up going out, out to Nashville in, in September of that year. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it'd be better for me, didn't mean it was like I had the chance to write songs with, you know, great people. Yeah, but also play a few shows as well. So it, it was, it really was living the dream at that point. It mean, so it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, obviously, recently with the album coming out and launching now, you you've been posting a lot more photos about your time out in Nashville with songwriters and collaborators and musicians you work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not country orientated. I know. <laughs> believe it or not, I've got. Uh, yeah, I've got a George Strait song on my playlist and I've got uh, the guy who's married to Nicole Kidman I've forgotten his name <laughs> what's his name um, him that guy <laughs> yeah. that guy yeah, yeah that guy Cut, uh, uh, someone urban one of the urbans not the actor the other Keith Urban Keith Urban <laughs> and so that's pretty much my and obviously Dolly Parton Kenny Rogers everyone has that if you don't have Alan's yeah. in the stream on yeah. your playlist so educate me so when I when this gets broadcast, the people you're writing with, uh, as I said, I know you, but if you introduce me to one of them, I wouldn't know I wouldn't know them from another songwriter or another collaborator. So talk us through who you were working with and you know, obviously there's a lot of country fans in the UK, so they're gonna go, Yankee Dope. How do you not know who that is? So talk me through it, mate. Go. So um, over my time in Nashville, I worked with you know a few guys from, from uh, Alan's company. Mm-hmm. I'd say that the, the the guy who I unfortunately um, one of my co-writers on, on the album, he passed away. Um, right. Blue Miller was his name. Yeah. Um, 
And he worked with people like India Ari and uh, Isaac Hayes. And when he was a musician himself, you know, like a touring musician, mm-hmm. he had completely marked people like that to me. And so oh, right. he was really, um, like, he was really influ- influential in, in that sort of scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to, I drove up to his house with Alan. Um, I think this is on, on the fourth day of, of the trip. Yeah. And I, it, was, it was crazy because we just turned up to the house and, and he welcomes us in. And we just sat, sit having coffee, you know, like, you know, just chill out for a bit before we write, write some tunes. Mm. And he was so humble. He was just so down to earth. Yeah. It was nice, do you know what I mean? And, and um, he goes into his, into his studio because mm. he had a studio in, in the house. Yeah. Cool. And he picked up this Gibson guitar from 1945 and he said, uh, try this man, you know, like, uh, let's see how you get on with this guitar. And I was like, I think <laughs> this guitar's right here. Like, this, yeah. this, is, this is a Gibson, but this is from uh, 2012. Okay. So you can imagine the history behind one from 1945, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. literally, like, nearly as old as my granddad would have been, do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, it, 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 meant, it, meant, it meant a lot to me, you know, to, to, to play something with such, such history on it. Yeah. And Blue was just, just, just such a humble guy. So I wrote Been Here Before and Nobody From Nowhere, those two yeah. songs in the album uh, were written with him. And then the other collaborators were great as well. I went with a guy called Corey Barker, and he's had a lot of... Um, a lot of cuts, a lot of songwriting cuts in, in yeah. Nashville. He, he's been a successful songwriter for 20 odd years. Alan, the same, you know, he's had a lot of success as well. Yeah, of and a guy, guy from Georgia, Blake Densmore, he was great to work with. I wrote mm-hmm. Days Like These with him. Yeah. So it, it just, honestly, mate, I honestly think if I hadn't gone to Nashville at the time, but I, I did, I don't think I'd be the artist I am today. I think I had to make that trip for myself, for my own development yeah. as an artist and as, as a person, to, you know, to, to, to create this album, really. So, yeah, I'm so yeah. grateful for everyone who, who, you know, donated to get yeah. me out there and live my dream because it really means a lot to me. I, I feel like, I feel like I've, I've accomplished a lot in, in, in you know, for, for, in the short ten, time. Yeah, for, ten, for a 10-year career, just coming up on 10-year career, you, you, you've accomplished so much. If you listen back or if you look back at your early stuff that you wrote and you're looking now and you're there, you've got, it's not, it's not a track. On Spotify, it's not an EP; it's a full-blown <laughs> eleven-track album. Um, you you see your progress. So, it, this is the hardest question you've got to answer. How how, <laughs> do, how do you see yourself progressing from sixteen-year-old Cal who was stringing a couple of sentences together to start a song to what's on Elston Place? Do you know what, mate? Like looking back over these last ten years, it's it's crazy because I remember my first gig like it was yesterday. Mm. Honestly, like so, I was in school, and uh, I was in sixth form at, the, at, at that time. And um, me and my friend James, one of my best mates, he was my first bass player. You know, when I was first yeah, gigging yeah. and all that. So, I we got into music together. And, you know, we just started like jamming around in, in yeah. school and all that. And um, I remember one time we were just like we were just sitting off like on a, on our lunch break. Mm. And um, obviously, we, we didn't have any amps lying around. We had to go to the music room to use amps, but we were just sat, sat in the corridor, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Just sat off, you know, just had a guitar, like, you know, had a lunch lunch on the side and all that, and uh, just, like, jamming along to some blue stuff and just, like, you know, having a laugh with these songs. Yeah. And then um, one, of our, uh, one of our teaching assistants walked down the hall and he was like, um, that sounds good, that boys. what are you doing tonight? I said, oh, I don't know, probably just, uh, probably just on the PlayStation or something like that. <laughs> and then uh, he was like, well, there's an open mic in Hoylake. 
Um, so if you're up for it, like, you know, I'll take you guys down there and uh, you can sign yourself up, you know, to play, play a few songs. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. I, I, so I was nervous and I, I said, yeah. I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I set in then. So we went down to this bar and it, and it was quite, you know, it was a Wednesday night. Yeah. And um, we got up, played a, song, played a couple of songs. I think they played one of my original songs. You know, we did a cover of um, Lucky Man by the Verve. Yeah, yeah. And I think we did Dirty Old Town by the Poets as well. Oh, so a bit of a mix there, do you mean, for, like, for our first gig. And I remember getting on stage and I was like, oh my God, like, I, at that point in time, I was like, oh, this, this is a massive moment, do you know what I mean? And you yeah. do, do you know I mean? when, when, when you play your first gig or whatever, you, you do feel like that. Yeah. And it was, it was just, I loved it. I, I, it, I fell in love with it straight away. It was such a great experience. To be honest, though, for the, for the next six months after that, I was like, oh, no, you know, can't go on stage again. I need to get everything right and all this. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, looking back over the, over, the last ten, over the last 10 years, I'm quite proud of myself, do you know what I mean? Because I feel like yeah, I've gone from strength yeah. to strength as a writer and a performer. And I met some amazing people along the way. I've got, you know, I've made some amazing friends, you know, yourself included, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's cool, been great to meet you guys through, through, through uh, what I've been doing. Yeah. And it's just been um, nice to just like you know get myself out there and and yeah, of course. Um, uh, people have been so kind and, and uh, responsive to the music, you know. Yeah, um, you've played a few you played a few venues and you know obviously the Pierhead, open mic, open air, um, Floral Pavilion is on the list. Played Studio to Par Street, the Zanzibar. So look, I've done a bit of research on this, you know. <laughs> It does you know, mate, mate, yeah. You played the Zanzibar as well. You know, you played some uh, some iconic venues. And the, the, what's that one called on Matthew Street? I've heard of it. Oh, what's it called? Rubber Soul. <laughs> yeah, that one. That was it. The grapes. The tavern. The tavern. Um, the tavern. How was it? How was it playing there? Mate, do you know what? Of all the gigs that I've, I've played, like the tavern was up there, honestly. Yeah. And to be honest, to make my debut as a headline artist, that was fantastic. Yeah. Really, you know, that was even more special. So, I'd say yeah, the the show at the tavern three years ago, that that was one of my, I'd say top five shows. To be honest, mate, that was just special. Yeah. It was really great atmosphere. I mean, yeah, because obviously it, it's so intimate, isn't it? I mean, the, the low roof. The crowd are right on top of you. you it's know. sweaty. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit warm. It's a bit warm. I'll, I'll definitely give you that. <laughs> um, right. What I'm going to do, going to have a little bit of a minute because I'm going to let you plug yourself for a minute. Um, I know that guitar's there and I know you're itching to have a little jam on it. Um, what are you going to go with first? Going to be. Oh, I'm assuming it's going to be a couple off the album, because... Yeah, mate, so I'm going to play... Um... This one's called Miners. Fantastic. Take it away.
Is your heart beating out of sync? A little faster, a little deeper, mine is. Mine is. Trying to tie the starry eyes. Is your smile too hard to hide? Cause mine is. Mine is. You've got a way of making me more than I've ever dreamed. Life is a different kind of beautiful when you're next to me. Is your picture of heaven on earth? A little something like this. Cause I know that I know that I know mine is mine is Are your skies blue than blue? Every day like a honeymoon, cause mine is, mine is. Is your mind painting future scenes? Were you happy growing up with me? Cause mine is, mine is. You've got a way of making me more than I've ever dreamed. Life is a different kind of beautiful when you're next to me. Is your picture of heaven on earth a little something like this? Cause I know that I know. But I know mine is mine is you know what I feel quite blessed. A gig for one. <laughs> oh mate. Thank you very much. You, you, you got me all dewy eyed there, mate. Um, Starry eyes. <laughs> Listen, Carl, I like you, but you know. <laughs> um, I know. I feel like I was being romanced then, but that, that's, that's your style. The music, it isn't, it isn't harsh. It isn't, you know, as a rock dude, it isn't that type of music. <laughs> You sit, you kick back, and you listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, about the album, it is that it's that type of album where you've had a crap day at work. Sorry, both the Wonder Dogs running around. So, <laughs> um, she obviously likes it too. Um, it's one of those where you've had a, a, bad, a bad day. Put the album on. Put some traps. You know, some of your music on. Pour yourself a drink and just forget. And th that the song you just played, then it, it, it it's perfect. It, for, for that kind of a day. Um, I want to go into your... We talked about you going to Nashville and songwriting itself. 
yeah. the process for you is it is it a consistent process with songs? How do you do it? Did I think there's a lot of questions in my mind. I'm kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then I'm going to leave, yeah, yeah. kind of let you answer in your own time. Um, do do you write a song start? You know, what's your style? Is it a start to finish? Do you write a bit? Go, I'll park that over there. Write something else, and then it comes together. Are you a beginning to end kind of? So when it came to the album, you got the eleven tracks of the yeah. album. Yeah. Did you know? As I said, it's a lot of questions, and I'll probably say sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's all coming in, mate. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Honest, I mean, mate, I mate, take, take as long as you want with the answer. So, but you, you I get. Don't, what I don't really to... have. I don't really have other um, a straightforward process as such. It all depends on what I'm feeling at the time. Do you mm. mean it, it, I, Sometimes it'll be the lyrics first. Sometimes it'll be the music first, yeah. and I think really what I do is I basically have a vibe. I try and think about what I want, wanted to write about first, you know, before yeah. I. Um, come up with something. So, for example, when I was in Nashville, um, <coughs> when we were in the studio and we, and we were sitting down to write a song, what we were doing was um, we were sitting down and thinking, what's missing in the live set? What sort of emotion, what sort of feeling is, is missing in your live set? That's what the guys were asking me. Yeah. So, like, like with a song like Mindless, for example, the song you just yeah. played, there wasn't like a sort of mid-tempo sort of love song like that. Yeah. So that was nice to just sort of get into that sort of groove and think, well, yeah, I don't know, some, something something nice and heartfelt like that, you know, to put on the album. Yeah. Um, going back to what you were saying before about, like, you know, um, you've had a bad day and you put my album on, kind of thing. That, I, thanks for that, mate. I appreciate that. No, no. But no. I kind of feel that, that that's what I, I kind of want to do with my songs. Do you know what I mean? I want to make yeah. people sort of, even when they're not at a live show, I want to yeah. sort of make people feel happy and feel like, you know, yeah. relaxed, chilled out, entertained. Above yeah. all, entertaining to me because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, music for yeah. me has been a really entertaining thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's just nice for people to I have mean, something. It, yeah, I mean, it was like that then when you were singing. Then I was like, you know, because obviously I'm recording this and you're seeing my reaction. So I'm like, how do yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. do I have to say stoic because it's an interview? Can I crack a smile? Because it's hard not to. It's hard not to crack a smile. But I was trying not to make eye contact so I didn't go yeah, 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 yeah. you up. I know what you mean, mate. Yeah, yeah, so you can't, yeah. It was kind of, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping when you kind of see my reactions, uh, I think I'm, that's the reactions I've seen from your gigs, both being stood at the side of the stage, being stood behind it, yeah. you know, being stood in the crowd as well. The people leave a Cal Ruddy gig smiling. You know, they, they do, they, they leave. As I said, you go to rock concerts and like, oh my God, that was amazing. You go to classical, you know, you go see an orchestra and like, oh, I really enjoyed that. When, the, obviously, the last time we saw each other was Jimmy's. People what a left, night. What a night. People left smiling. People left smiling. People left, were left humming the music. For you, is, is there a bigger compliment or is that, it, it's not you've peaked. It's like, yeah, that's what you're expecting. That's that's the buzz I, I I'm after every time, mate. I mean, because yeah. really, I just want to make people happy. Yeah. So if people come to my shows and, and they you know they gain something from it, you know they have a great time and yeah. they think, oh, do you know, what? I love that. I, I I loved loved dancing to that song. You know, mm. I loved um I loved singing. I love clapping along to Maria, whatever. Yeah. I, I just want to make people feel something. Do I mean? I love I love it when people come to my shows and, and they they text me the next day, hung over or whatever, and I'm like. 
what a night, lad! What a night! Like I really enjoyed that. I, I had too many, yeah. too many ales with a like we had such a good, good time, and that's what I want yeah. people to have me. You know, just have a good time and enjoy themselves. That's what it's all about, really. Um, when we start coming out of this, you know, we're we're, we're allowed to be a bit more free. Eventually, you... yeah. God, willing, it'll be soon. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Do you plan? Have Have you? I know you touched on it before, the, the 200 gigs a year, Carl Ruddy. Have you learned your mistake, mistakes in bunny ears from that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when, obviously, we come out of lockdown, you can start gigging again. Is it a wiser Carl Ruddy we're going to see who picks and chooses when he's gigging? Most definitely, mate, I'd say yeah. so, yeah. I'd, I'd say, I mean, the last couple of years, I've, I've, I've done less shows, but but... I'd, I've really had them up a bit more, do you mean? So I've done a couple of headline shows the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, the Jimmy Show in March. I did yeah. like a headline show at Studio 2 last October. That was great. Both sold out, do you mean? So both successful oh, shows. Oh, mate, they, they sold out like that. It wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't slow burners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your name was on the thing and you've got that crowd, you've got that core audience and you've got the new fans who keep coming in and they've seen what a Cal Ruddy gig is like. So Manage, you know, you know well, it's you know, it, it is a, a Cal Ruddy, a Cal Ruddy gig. If you're going to sit stoic on a chair, you're in the wrong gig. <laughs> you're in the absolutely wrong gig because it's not going to happen. Um, is it going to be more gigs like that? Are we go, are you going with a bigger band again, or are you happy with the the band you've got when it's live now, or are you looking? For... I think what I'm going to do, mate. I, th- I think I'm going to like basically keep it to the sort of same sort of like. Uh, set up to me, uh, yeah. bass, bass drums, and lead guitar. Yeah. And I think what I'm going to do, mate, basically, once we come out the other side of this, um, hopefully, maybe put a little tour together to me, maybe like, you know, promote the album further afield, things like that. Yeah. But I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it one day at a time, really, right now, now, because at the moment, no one knows what's going to happen, you know, no. next week, let alone next month. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all a bit crazy. True. But I know something for certain, I know I'll never give up on this dream. I'll, I'll always yeah. be. I'll always be in, in, involved in music, always be in, involved in, in these shows and all that. So uh, it's good to hear. It's definitely very good to hear. Um, we know we we know you were one of the first names for the December festival, Vidala lockdown. It was one of those oh, yes. when, I, when I said when I sent you the message, I said to John, we said I'll give him. We had a little sweep on how long it would take you to reply. Five, five, was it? What was it? Twenty it minutes. Less, less than five minutes. minutes it? <laughs> it, it was literally. <laughs> Cal, we're doing this. I mean, <laughs> and again, right, that's honey. yeah. I mean, that that's. I think your actual answer is yes, the boys. So that that's a Cal. <laughs> that's a Cal. I'm in. <laughs> so I turned around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we were talking through the names, and I just went, "I'll message Cal," and he went, "How long do you reckon?" And I went, "Sub five, <laughs> sub five minutes." And I just said it in the screenshot, and I went, "We should have gone with sub two. because <laughs> he was literally Cal. We're doing this. Yes, the boys. He's in. <laughs> should, have, should have put some money on. I mean, put some money that, on there, yeah. that's that's always appreciated, you know, the the fact that you know people who were with us when we started. I hate using the word journey. It, it, I I find it dead schmaltzy and cheesy. <laughs> um, when we started this thing, <laughs> project. There we go. You project. call it that, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> when when we started this gathering of people who play instruments. <laughs> back in the peerhead and the stuff we were doing 
to to think we'd be doing this and to think we've got a, a group of musicians like yourself who we just throw the flare up and it's like I'm in. It, you know, it is. It's much loved, much appreciated. Um, what I know, it's a lockdown. I know you're going to be sat there. There's going to be more than just me watching. Um, little hint: what what are the what are the guys and girls at home going to expect with their glass of wine or the on whatever night you're playing? I can't remember what night. Yeah, I haven't got the list in front of me. But what are they what are they going to expect from Cal Ruddy in that set? Um, to be honest, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll play, um, obviously plug the album, play a few play a few tunes from the album. But I've also been working on some new material recently, so you know I'll probably throw a couple of new songs, you know, mm. test the water with them. Yeah. Some House of Stealth exclusives, yeah. So I'll, I'll uh, yeah, a couple of new tunes. Fantastic. So yeah, the 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 Cal Ruddy gig experience at home is, as I said, I've been to a live one. It's fun. The stripped down version, the sort of the chill yeah, out version. But I know for a fact there's going to be people at home tapping the feet, tapping the tables, you know, tapping on the wine glass or the, the whiskey glass or whatever it is. Um, gonna to have to start wrapping up shortly because Zoom will gives us 45 minutes. This is flowing. Um, gonna ask you to play one more if that's okay. And we're, I was we were going to use the Stockholm question, um, but. I'm not normally my opening question. I'm going to use for this season as a closing question. So if you want to play whatever you want to play, and then there'll be one more question for you, and we'll uh, I'll let you then plug away. Okay, what are you going to play, mate? So this one's all been here before. This is the um, this is the song I wrote with Blue Miller on the uh, uh, Place. So Enjoy. yeah, thought yeah. I'd give this little. Uh, Fantastic. This train is taking me around the world. Haven't got a ticket for you, girl. I don't have a clue what's in store when I walk through that door. But baby, you and I've been here before. But baby, you and I've been here before. Don't know how many miles I must go. Trying to find what's missing in my soul. I don't have a clue what's in store when I walk through that door. But baby, you and I've been here before. But baby, you and I've been here before. Maybe a runaway train rolling down the track. Don't know which way's forward, but you know I'll be back. Cause I always keep my promise that I swore I'd walk through that door. But baby, you and I've 
I was singing. I was singing along at one point, and then I'm tapping away. Um, if you guys, when you watch this, if you guys aren't tapping away or you know trying to trying to sing along badly to it, Carl <laughs> sing brilliantly. I had to cover my mouth because I was singing awfully. Um, mate, it, again, the music's fantastic. The album, brilliant. Um, right, final question of the evening. Now you said it's a ten-year career yeah, here we go, so far. Here we go. No, we're not doing the pizza question. We did that last season. We've, got to, we've, we've done the pizza question. Everyone, everyone's become aware of the pizza question. Yeah, no, everyone's become aware of it, so I've had to change it up. In a lot of interviews I did in the first season, the first question is now the last. Okay. Right. If you can go, right, because it's only 10-year career, Jesus Web, so I'm going to have to take it back a little bit further for you. If you right now get a one hop to 12 year old cow what would you tell him i'd say buckle up this is going to be a, a quite a ride ahead of me <laughs> it's weird though thinking back to me as, as a 12 year old in comparison to me as a you know mm -hmm. nearly 26 year old what a difference do you mean like i remember being in school and i was quite quite shy as a kid do you mean i yeah it was only like towards 17, 18 where I started to come up Michelle a bit more, really, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, 12 year old me. What would you tell like, him? What would I tell 12 year old What would, what would 26 year old Carl tell 12 year old Carl? You're going to sell out venues, you're going you're gonna to travel across the world to write songs, and you're going to love it. <laughs> All right. And what would 12 year old Carl tell 26 year old Carl? When you said all that, you're chatting shit, mate. <laughs> um, Can't be serious to that one. No, but I, I think that's quite a fitting way to go out. 
for this. Um, yeah, we, we've learned Mark Zuckerberg's dick, and this will probably get us banned <laughs> now. Um, so, yeah, for when you're watching this, watch it as live. Um, Carl Ruddy, it's been my honour, so thank you. Um, thank you so much, mate. We really will see you, you shortly. Um, before we say goodbye, plug it away. Elliston Place, where can we find it? Where can we find digital copies, CDs? Are you going to go on vinyl? Floor's yours. So Elliston Place is available now on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music. Uh, you can find me on social media at Cal Ruddy on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, have a great weekend and uh, lots of love. Hope you've enjoyed the interview. And cheers, oh, Antibel. Big love. It's my absolute pleasure. Um, just wait there one second. I'll say me goodbye. So to everyone who's watched this, this will also be on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever they're called now, YouTube Music, Google. I'll get this ripped onto Facebook. It'll be ripped onto YouTube. Um, this is Scousecast. I've been Yak McKenna. That's Carl Ruddy. Catch you down the road. Nice one.